I'm Georgie. And I'm Michaela. And we're here to tell you about the University of Aberdeen. In each episode, we will discuss frequently asked questions about topics such as applications, go abroad, student life, sports and societies, budgeting for uni, and life in Aberdeen. We will be speaking to current Aberdeen students, those who really know what it's like to study and live here. And we'll be getting exclusive tips from members of our amazing staff. Join us for this episode of Ask Aberdeen. Hello, welcome everyone. Welcome to our episode of our Ask Aberdeen podcast. Um, Today we are going to be talking about going abroad and studying abroad while you're a student at the University of Aberdeen. We've got two guests with us today, our amazing student ambassador, Eva. Um, Hello, Eva. Hello. And we also have Mel from the Go Abroad office. Hi there. So at the beginning, I would like you both to just introduce yourself really quickly before uh, we dive deeply into the topic. So Eva, who are you? What do you study? Where did you go? So I'm Eva. I study English and history. I'm a fourth year student at the moment. So working on my dissertation. And I went to Oregon in my second year for a full year. Great, great. And Mel, what is it that you do at the university? So my technical title is the Lead Go Abroad Officer for International Exchange, which means I sort of oversee the International Exchange team. So I look after students that both go away from Aberdeen and come in to Aberdeen. And you are not from Aberdeen yourself, are you, Mel? I very much am not. I am Australian. And to be specific, because I'm very proud, I am Tasmanian. Great. So you also have some personal experiences of what it's like to, you know, live somewhere other than Aberdeen, which I bet is really helpful. Yes, definitely. And I have also studied at the University of Aberdeen, so I know what it's like to study in an international environment. Great. So let's dive deep into the topic now. Eva, you said that you are currently in your fourth year and you said that you went in your second year. How did that come about? Well, it was kind of like... um coincidence for me actually I just remember in first year thinking oh I want to go to Copenhagen which was a silly idea because I'm from Finland and I don't know why I wanted to go to a Nordic country so bad but that was just the idea that I had and then I just randomly decided like no I want to go somewhere warm so I decided all of a sudden that I was going to go to Florida and yeah then I just kind of applied and I realized that I need to have more options than just Florida and then I just randomly picked a few should probably do more research, but I just randomly picked a few and ended up in Oregon. But I think it was the best option for me. So, I mean, I can't say I'm sorry for that, but, you know. Well, you know, some of us might not really know where Oregon is um, in the United States, but I think when I think of Oregon, I sort of think of Twilight and, you know, um, Robert Pattinson sparkling in the sunshine. Is that what it's like in Oregon? Well, I didn't see anyone sparkling in the sunshine, so... But it's it's that sort of area, right? It's, it's rainy and wet. Yeah, absolutely. It does have the twilight vibe. And it was like, I don't know, it was like forests and lots of hiking. And it, the atmosphere was just lovely. I loved it there. And it is on the West Coast. So I was able to go to like Washington. And it was like the first time I'd watched Twilight movies since they came out. Because that was just something that we did in the halls to de-stress ourselves. We were like, okay, now we're watching Twilight. Okay, um, I can I can relate to that 
pretty um, heavily over the last year. I have watched Twilight movies quite frequently. Um, but you mentioned that you sort of had the idea that you wanted to go abroad from the start. Mel, what if you don't really... Do you, is that something that you need to think from the start about? Like, do you need to come into the university and immediately start researching where you want to go for your year abroad if you want to go? Um, in a perfect world scenario, that would be good, but it's not a requirement. Um, students who start thinking about this early will definitely have done more research. Um, they'll potentially have more options available to them. Um, and what I mean by that is students... Um, can go abroad generally in their second year and their third year um, but you always apply to go abroad the year before you would go so if students start thinking about it sort of immediately when they arrive then they're all prepared to apply to give themselves the option of going in second year um, but then if they haven't thought about it they can also apply during their second year to go abroad in third year. And is this something that's available to everyone or is it only people who are studying, say, languages or history? We definitely try and make it available to all of our students. There are some degrees where um, there are less options, but for most of our degrees, students can study abroad. Um, the areas where there are less options tend to be degrees that are accredited, um, like psychology or engineering. To give you an example, um, with those two programs, you have to go abroad in second year. So that's the type of reason why it's a good idea for students to investigate as early as possible so that they can understand if, if that is a requirement for them and they need to be prepped ahead of time. And from what, what I understand, medicine students, they don't necessarily have the option to go abroad for a year. But as far as I know, they do have an option to go abroad for an eight week period during um, their studies as well. So if you are a medicine student, you know, there's not necessarily going to be a full program abroad for a full year. However, you still do get the option to go abroad for at least those eight weeks when you can go pretty much anywhere in the world. So that's a nice thing, isn't it? Um, it's definitely quite flexible. Do you have to go abroad for a full year or can you go for shorter amounts if you choose to go for, for example, a semester? Absolutely. Um, the vast majority of our students do go for a single semester as opposed to a full year. Um, and at the moment, we're also working really hard to try and get more short term summer school options available for our um, students as well. And they can be as little as two to four weeks. All right, great. When we were talking to Eva, we said um, that, you know, you chose, you originally had in mind Copenhagen, that you decided that you wanted to go to warm Florida and you ended up in the Pacific Northwest, where it's definitely not warm and sunny. How do do people have to make that decision or can they just apply to go anywhere in the world, Mel? Um, firstly, I feel like there's a lot of Oregon slash slamming going on here. Um, I do know someone in Oregon. It was 27 degrees Celsius there yesterday for listeners. Oregon is lovely. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oregon is not that, not that cold as it sounds, but compared to Florida, I'd say, yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, they did have huge forest fires recently, so it's not, like, a cold, cold place. Of... Okay, Twilight is lying to me. <laughs> it's more Washington, isn't it, though? Okay, back to the topic. Um, <laughs> do you have to apply for a specific place, or can you apply for sort of a lucky draw, lucky dip um, sort of application? You do have to apply for specific places, and, and there's definitely 
purpose and reason to that. So students applying for international exchange, we ask them to choose up to five different institutions and they can choose five from any of the partners that we have available um, across the world. Um, why we ask for specific institutions is that we want students to do the research to make sure that they feel that where they're going is going to be a good fit and a good experience for them. And how is it decided where the student ends up? Because you put down five choices, so is you know is there some sort of competition going on? Who gets their first choice and who gets their fifth choice? Yes, um, they're very much. It is a competitive, merit-based process, uh, and also to add layers of complexity to it, it's also very much based on the spaces that we have available at partners and where a student would fit better, where we think their experience would be better. So when a student applies, when they they submit their application, that's given a score um, out of 10. um, And students that get the higher scores will be allocated their preferences first. So they therefore tend to get their, you know, first or second preferences. Um, However, if a student's applied to an institution that you know, our years of professional um, experience tell us might not be the best place for them to be, um, then we will offer them somewhere else or we will speak to that student to discuss it with them. Great. Um, Eva, let me ask you about how it worked before you actually went away to Oregon. Did you have to research things yourself? Did you have to pick your own courses or did you sort of get told, this is what you're doing, here's your visa, go? No, no, you had to do research yourself. I had to do an application to Oregon as well. So I, I wrote like a motivational letter to them and I looked through their courses to be like, oh, I think taking these courses would be really beneficial for me and give me a new perspective. And um, yeah, I had to check my courses with my like corporate tutors to make sure that they were fine for my degree as well. Um, and then you have to do like the visa applications and all that, make sure that you have like, the funds you need to travel. All right. And did you have to worry about things such as visas? Did you get guidance on that from the University of Aberdeen? Well, you have to do the applications uh, yourself, but <laughs> I mean, it's not really that complicated, though. Like, I got a lot of like information when I uh, did the Oregon application because it's specific to where you go. Mel, do you offer guidance to students who are going abroad? Do you have some sort of meeting beforehand? Or is it like Eva sort of, you know, like Eva explained, she had to do her research. But do you guys offer guidance on that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's definitely a, it's a combination. We do expect students to do a lot of research because part of the beauty of going abroad, it's a real personal growth experience. But as well as that, we also do have compulsory meetings. So after students have initially been allocated their place, we have what's called the next steps meeting. So then we tell all of the students um, effectively the next steps, you know, what they will need to explain to do what they should expect is going to happen sort of in the immediate period and then at the end of the semester that's occurring before they leave um, we have what we call the final pre-departure meeting where we go really in depth with them uh, about all the things the millions of things that they should be thinking about and that we give them as much guidance as possible to make sure that they have a good experience. And can you also tell us about how it works with tuition fees? Yes, it's a bit complex, but to sort of give it the the most simple um, out, 
the most simple outline. Um, basically, with an international exchange program, um, we have a contract with another institution and basically we waive the tuition fees. So our students going to Oregon, for example, don't pay the fees to Oregon and Oregon students coming to us don't pay the fees to Aberdeen. So a student would pay their tuition fees to Aberdeen as they normally would in any other year, um, which means that students going to host institutions in the in you know places like America where the tuition fees can be 20, 30, 50, thousand dollars they're not having to worry about that they're just paying their fees to Aberdeen as usual. Eva can you tell us about what you did find um, you had to pay for when you were abroad was it very much different from how Aberdeen um, accommodation and food you know your expenses that you would regularly have or was it quite similar? I would say that it was probably a bit more expensive. I stayed in the halls, which were a bit more expensive than they would have been here, but they did include like meal meal plan. They did include a meal plan. And so you had a specific amount of points that you could use across the campus. Um, but it was, it was a bit more expensive, but I also really enjoyed it because it made my experience largely to be able to live in on campus and kind of get the full experience. And I also had to get their own insurance, even though we're insured by Aberdeen as well. But Oregon uh, had that requirement that you have to have their insurance as well. But that came in useful because, you know, I had to use the health center sometimes. So at least I knew that I could just go in and I didn't have to worry about paying for it. And there were a few like fees that covered things like the rec center. So you'd have access to a gym and to like um, swimming halls and stuff like that. But then you'd have to pay that fee every term. But I don't remember how much that was. But there were some kinds of fees like that that you had to just make sure that you paid for. Um, so it wasn't free, but... Yeah, of course, this will differ university by university. So if you're going um, to a European university, you might find that the structure you know, of the campus and of the accommodation might be quite different but with the American universities it's usually that sort of bed and breakfast style um, bed and all the food style um, feeding and offering so that is one thing to keep in mind but you will not have necessarily huge expenses just because you're going abroad because as Mel explained you will actually get your fees covered by the University of Aberdeen so it makes it more affordable to go abroad of course you have to buy your flights um, as well but I think it's a quite a good option of how to go um, to a university abroad that is quite cost effective because you do not have to worry about that tuition fee requirement and you also get um, your doors open to all these different options that you might not have even known about before yeah I mean, you do have to pay for your flights and visa things and stuff like that, but there are ways to make it more affordable according to your budget. If I had stayed outside of campus or if I'd like made my own food and things like that, it, I could have shaved a lot of money with that. But for me, it was just an important part of the experience that I absolutely wanted to have. Like I wanted to be able to, you know, roll out of bed and go get a bagel and a coffee and go to class and feel like an American, like. So I was happy to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I think I would go for the same experience. But, you know, there's definitely more than one option that you can choose. Uh, Mel, can you just 
tell me, do you know how it works if a student has a loan from, say, um, the Scottish Government uh, funding agency or the Student Finance England? How does it work? Do they get less loans? Do they get the same maintenance loan each year? I'm not a specialist in that one, to be honest, but as far as I'm aware from my experience with students, um, those things are very much they're assessed, you know, each year based on a student's circumstances. So my understanding is that they continue to get similar levels of maintenance loans if that is what they're getting. Great, thank you. Um, and Eva, you said that while you were abroad, you, you know, went to get a bagel and you really had the proper American experience. Did you, were you the only student who was not from the US uh, on campus or was there quite an international community? Was there like an international club or anything like that? Yeah, there definitely was. There was like um international like welcome week for students coming in where you got to meet a lot of like starting international students and exchange students and kind of make like friends with them. Um, and there was like an international student organization or something like that, that organized like a free food event every week on campus. So you could go and they'd have music and they'd have snacks and drinks and you could just eat there for free, which was nice when you were running low on meal points. <laughs> but um, yeah, and but you could you would also get to meet lots of local students. So it wasn't that you just got stuck into like an international bubble. I feel like when you go abroad somewhere, you do kind of want to make local friends as well. And just to like make sure that you get a good idea of what it's like to live there as a local. You've previously told me that you have actually attended some of those sorority and uh, fraternity parties that we see in the movies. How was that in real life? Uh, that was exactly like in the movies. <laughs> I don't think they exaggerated one bit. Um, the fraternity parties were not my cup of tea, so to say. Um, I think I went to two and said, that's enough for me, thank you. But uh, my roommate or my... Um, yeah, my roommate was in a sorority and they organized more like philanthropic events. So that was nice um, to go there and they would like uh, collect items to donate or collect like money to donate. Um, and they were more of like just tours of the place and taking pictures and fun little activities and things like that. Yes, I mean, experiencing new things, that's what the year abroad is all about, isn't it? Um, just really try something new go somewhere you've never been before and learn from that and you know even though you might have moved to for example you have moved from Finland to go to Aberdeen so you were already going to another country to go to university but then you took it a little bit further west and you went abroad abroad well abroad um, so there's always that extra experiences that you can gain and you also mentioned to me um, in a conversation that you might have had an experience in a Taco Bell that was uh, quite funny to people around you? Yeah, it was It was a funny uh, spelling incident. I didn't like realize how to pronounce some of the menu items. And I had my roommate who was a lovely person um, with me and I wasn't sure how to order. And I was just like, okay, can I have a gazadilla? And she just burst out laughing and I was like, what's going on? And she was like, oh, like, I I thought you were saying, like, pronouncing it like that as a joke. Like, I didn't think you were serious. Like, it's quesadilla. 
And I was like, oh, I just didn't know. And I just went like full on red. And she's like, no, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to embarrass you. I just literally thought you were choking. Like, I thought everybody in the world knew how to pronounce that word. And I was like, oh, I didn't. I'm from Finland. Do you now have Taco Bell in Finland? Well, we're starting to get them now. But I did get a bit of Taco Bell addicted when I was in there. And they just opened one in Aberdeen. And I was very happy. Same girl, like you, once you go Taco Bell, you can't go back. Um, those Taco Bells are addictive. <laughs> but of course, you went to an English speaking country. So technically, you know, you probably did not really expect to have a language barrier. But how does it work, Mel, if you go to if you do go for an international exchange to Europe and you end up in Germany, can you go to Germany without actually speaking German? Yeah, we basically have exchange um agreements that come in two varieties in terms of languages so with international exchange the vast majority of them are english speaking except for those in mexico and in europe um we do have a vast amount of english speaking agreements um but we do have some native language speaking agreements for students that are studying on our language programs so you know for example a student who is studying um you know french the, the French degree program or the German degree program or the Spanish, then they have the language to back up going to a country and speaking that language. So our contracts come in two different varieties. Would you also recommend someone who does not speak the language at all? Say, I was interested in going to Germany, but I don't speak a lick of German. Do you think that would be too daunting or do you think that's an okay um, decision to make? We definitely encourage students to do things like that, to broaden their horizons, to try new things. I mean, you know, immersing yourself in a country that speaks a different language can be an incredibly transformative experience. Um, we would obviously never send a student who can't speak the language to an institution where it was being taught. Um, but, you know, to go to an institution being taught in English, but in a country where they're speaking another language, that's something that a lot of students really put a lot of value in. All right, um, Eva, I wanted to ask you how it worked with your grades. Did you have to go to classes and really study? Did you, uh, was it just sort of pass um, scenario? How does it work? Do you really have to study um, in depth when you're at another university? I mean, technically, as long as you get a pass, like it won't show on your transcript, but I think it's always a nice add to add to your applications when you get a transcript from them that shows that like even though you didn't necessarily have to get the greatest grades ever and you could have just spent a bit more time on like other things, it's nice to have that transcript to show that like, okay, actually I did some work while I was out there as well. I didn't just like travel all the time. And for me, it was part of the experience. I actually really enjoyed the classes that I, I was taking. So I think it's good to like have a balance and I didn't feel like I was just stuck in a classroom all time all the time when I was there I felt like I was like getting a good balance I was getting to like visit other states make friends go to events have some fun but I also went to my classes and did the assignments and I feel like because they have at least where I went to they had like more assignments but they were smaller it was easier to keep up with the work that you were doing you weren't just like suddenly faced with a long essay you had like small little tests across the terms and what sort of classes did you take did you take anything really interesting uh, i took some classes in gender studies which 
basically just changed my whole studies in Aberdeen as well because that wasn't something that I like ever realized that I could actually study and I ended up taking a few and they worked really well with the classes that I was taking in English and history as well so that kind of guided me in taking more like gender studies uh, perspective on my history classes and English classes in Aberdeen that guided what I'm doing uh, for my dissertation this year. I'm going to start studying a gender studies master next year. So it really just affected the whole rest of my education to like take those classes. And it was a complete coincidence. Like I just realized I didn't have the classes that I had approved with my co-op tutor. And I was like, would this be okay? This sounds interesting to me. And they said, yeah, of course. But That's fantastic. That's exactly what we hear often from students who have gone abroad as well that that year really changed their life and sort of they found out things about themselves that they didn't necessarily know while going to university in general is a huge um, character building experience going abroad does give you that chance to try something completely new um, reinvent yourself again and it sounds like you did have that experience where you were just able to find yourself yeah, absolutely. It was really just a year of like self-growth and like self-discovery. And it's because you're so far away from everyone that, you know, like you have to kind of take care of your, take care of things yourself a bit. And like, obviously the GoPro team is there if you need them, but I felt like I was just really happy just uh, doing my thing and, you know, just meeting new people. Great. Mel, have you heard from students, you know, about that sort of what the year abroad has done for their confidence or for their path in life? Definitely. Um, it's, it's, I mean, what Ava's explaining there is the, the dream. That's, that's really what we want for all students, for them to go abroad and find something really transformative. Um, I'd spoken last year with a, a student actually who'd been abroad for a year in Hong Kong um, and found that really transformational. Um, he had been a little bit nervous, you know, sort of a more l- less self-confident sort of person in general and found that going and spending a year in, in, in Asia, in Hong Kong, really just massively increased his confidence in himself. Um, he did heaps of traveling, really immersive experiences and enjoyed it so much and got so much out of it that he ended up also applying for a summer internship in India as well later on, um, which actually changed the course of his career. So these things do happen not infrequently, which is really wonderful. And can you tell us a little bit more about how you might be able to use this experience in your career? Because you mentioned that he got an internship, but is it possible to also what what else can it bring to your future going abroad? Um, in terms of I mean, at very basic level, um, you know, a lot of the statistics that we get back from the various national agencies um, do tell us that employers look for students who have gone abroad because they look for students that have taken those independent routes um, that have shown that they have that level of initiative, that they're prepared to put themselves out there. So it can be a benefit for kick-starting a career in, in that perspective um, and much as Eva was saying um, as well, students, you know, can will go abroad and find courses that they never really 
would have had the opportunity to take at Aberdeen. Obviously, we have a vast array of wonderful courses at Aberdeen, but when you're experiencing something somewhere else in the world, that institution also has a vast array of wonderful courses um, that are more idiosyncratic to them. So students can find a whole new path. And potentially, we've had quite a number of students from Aberdeen go abroad, experience something fantastic, come back, finish their degree, and then actually go back to that institution to do a master's program. Um, which therefore opens up a whole lot of other things for them in terms of careers in that country, in other countries, changing things dramatically. Um, so there are a lot of ways it can be incredibly positive for careers. Isn't that actually what you were wanting to do, Eva? It was. I was wanting to do that. Then COVID gone the way, but um, they weren't accepting any new people on the master's program this year. But just because when I was there, I really enjoyed like their gender history program that they had they had really nice research for it and they had like a good program that would have made it a bit more affordable as well but unfortunately because of the situation I had to change my plans and study here in Finland instead but I think I might go back one day. I'm sure you will I'm sure it's such a lovely area as well. Um, Mel we were so far we've mentioned you know, Eva's experience from the US and we've spoken about the possibility of going to a country in Europe where you don't speak the language. But of course, it's not just about the US and Europe, is it? There are institutions all across the world. Do you mind mentioning some of the possibilities that people have? Of course. Um, at the moment, um, as, as well as Europe and the USA, we have partnerships in Australia. Uh, which obviously I'm a little biased about. Um, we also have uh, partnerships, various ones in Hong Kong, and we have some in China, and we have Japan, and we have South Korea, um, and, and South Africa, um, and we have a couple in Mexico City. Um, we the what the one we have in South Korea is generally hotcakes popular. Um, students really, 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 really want to go to South Korea and we are very lucky because the institution that we're partnered with there is a really, really good institution. Um, so there are a lot of great options. Um, we have three partnerships in Australia and we have about three in Japan, one in South Korea. We have six or so in Hong Kong. We do have one in Singapore as well um, and a couple in China. So there's quite a lot of options. And how do people like find out about these options during their first year is there some sort of event where they can go and find out more about these options and speak to people about where they might go actually there is um so we uh we have what's called a go abroad fair every year in november um we will host that either in person or virtually depending on circumstances um, so we tend to start plugging that as an event by doing lecture drop-ins and things like that sort of as soon as the year kicks off. But then students can come along, the more the merrier, to our um, Go Abroad Fair and they can speak to 
all of the staff for the Gold Broad team, they also get access to our Gold Broad tutors, which are our wonderful academic colleagues um, who help us and the students in, in organising themselves going abroad. And as well, our wonderful team of student ambassadors who have obviously been abroad. And we do also try and get some volunteer students who've been abroad as well. So there's a lot of ways that they can sort of get different perspectives and more information on where they might want to go and what would be expected of them and what they should expect so you can actually speak to someone who's already been in that country and ask them how it is for someone coming from Aberdeen yeah that's really the idea we want to be able to give students the opportunity to speak to one of our students who went abroad to that country to be able to really give them an insider outlook great so you don't really need to know anything about anything before you go to that fair do you you can just to grab this opportunity as it comes and then decide on that spot while you're talking to people if going abroad is something that you want to do or if you would prefer to be in Aberdeen for the whole uh, four years. Definitely and actually that's something that we feel quite strongly about in the Go Abroad team. Um, we really like students to have an open mind so walking into the Go Abroad fair with no specific idea doesn't remotely put you behind the eight ball. Um, what it actually does is mean the whole world is your oyster. So you can come in and look at everything that we have available across the whole world and decide what might be a good fit for you. And as we say to students at the Go Abroad Fair, we really, really strongly encourage a really wide, open set of options. You know, much as Eva has explained, you know, she wanted to go to Florida and ended up in Oregon and had an amazing time. And that's what we want students to think, you know, outside the box, think of the whole world because the whole world is available. So you actually, when you come to Aberdeen, you know, if this is something that you want to do, if you do want to go abroad, you don't have to worry about keeping this at the back of your head. It will, the opportunity will come to you in the form of Mel dropping in on one of your lectures and then the well-promoted Go Abroad Fair. So definitely, you know, think about it and imagine yourself um, in that um, South Korean setting for your second year of your studies. Feel free to do that, but you don't have to necessarily worry about it right now before even starting university. So, you know, this is something that we want you to do. So we will definitely reach out to you with those options and we will promote this to you. This is not a hidden secret that only a few people who have heard about this before will have access to. So I think that's it. Um, do you guys have anything else you would like to add? I think the only thing I would really like to add is that, you know, sh students to remember that we're here for them. So before they even get to Aberdeen, when they get to Aberdeen, after they've been with us for a while, they are always welcome to reach out to study abroad by email. And we are very happy to help address any questions and guide them in any way that might be beneficial. Fantastic. Thank you. And thank you for sharing your experiences, Eva, because it was very helpful to hear from someone who's actually been abroad and who's gotten to experience um, that thing that we often only see in movies and we don't really know what's at the other side of the story. So knowing that sorority parties and fraternity parties are as annoying as they seem is uh, quite helpful, I have to say. And it's also lovely to hear that Oregon is actually a nice and warm place and it doesn't always just rain and it's not full of vampires. So that's the one thing I learned today. It rains a bit, but it's warm and it's beautiful. And I feel like as a Finn, I would have been too hot in Florida. So I feel like Oregon was perfect for me.
Yeah. See, you just find things about yourself that you don't know, like that Oregon is your happy place. It was, yeah. It did. I went there and I was immediately like, oh, I'm home. I'm never leaving. And I remember by like November, December, I was stressing to my like roommates and my friends like, oh, I have to go back. And they were like, you still have half of your time here. Like you have nothing to worry about. Well, uh, I'm glad to hear that you did end up back in Aberdeen for the last two years of your studies. Um, and now you're in Finland um, studying from home. So I hope that is going okay for you um, and you're not missing Oregon too much. But thank you again very much for um, dropping in and sharing your experience. And thank you, Mel, for providing the expert view on everything. Thank you again, all of our listeners. If you do have any questions, feel free to get in touch and we hope to hear from you or have you listened to us in our next episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Ask Aberdeen podcast. If you would like to suggest a topic we should cover, please email us at ukteam at abdn.ac.uk. We would love to hear from you. To be alerted about new episodes, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.